Welcome to the Dauntless Grace Exchange. I'm Megan. And I'm Deidre. And today we have Marianne with us talking about women in ministry. Welcome, Marianne. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Yay. How are you? I'm doing well, managing um, virtual learning. Oh, yeah. And working. And working. And co-pastoring a church. You got all the hat spinning. I am in awe of you. Okay, tell tell our listeners a little bit about you before we jump in today. Yeah, so like I said, I'm Mary Ann, and I'm here in Miami, Florida, where it's uh, summer all the time. And I'm (laughs) married to William Pena, and we've got three awesome boys, 10, 7, and 5, who are currently trying to make it to the WWE. So that's what happens all day in my house. That Um, is All kinds of wrestling moves. (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's the goal. And we co-pastor a church here in Hialeah, which is right outside of Miami called New Vision Church. We're a bilingual church, so we've got Spanish and English going on, sometimes separately, sometimes at the same time, like right now, where we're currently just having our services bilingual due to COVID, um, having a fun time being able to serve the people here in Miami. My husband and I are both from Dominican um, ancestry. My parents are both Dominican, but I was born and raised in Miami. My husband was born and raised in the Dominican Republic. So we've got a little bit of all of that in our church. We've got Dominicans, but we've also got Cubans and we've got Puerto Ricans and we've got Central Americans and just a little bit of everything and some African Americans. So we're able to kind of serve a melting pot of people. I love it. And also, I don't, I did know some of this about your family, but I don't know how you and your husband met. I'm super curious about that because I'm assuming that has a little bit to do with when you felt the call to pastor together, but how did you meet? Okay. So it's, it's a little bit of a long, but short story. So my husband's dad and my dad, right? So my father-in-law and my father, they're actually from the same town in the Dominican Republic. And it's a small little country town that nobody knows when I mention, but they were from the same town. And my father was actually the first Christian in his house. And he became a Christian through my father-in-law's grandmother. So that would be like my, my husband's great grandmother. And that's how my father got to know the Lord. So my dad and him um, were friends, but really my dad and um, my husband's uncle, which are the same age, they went to seminary together and they kind of served the Lord together. So my husband and I actually know each other from when we were kids because his family came to live to the U S for a couple of years when we were all kids and we knew each other, they moved back to the Dominican Republic. We lost touch with each other. He moved back like um, 14 years ago or so. And we told everyone we were cousins <laughs> because we <laughs> grew up together. So oh, it got gosh. really awkward. That got, got confusing really later. <laughs> yeah. So later on, it was kind of like, hey guys, we're not really cousins. We're <laughs> like family, but we're not. Okay. Just to be clear, <laughs> we're not, you know, we're, I'm not dating my cousin. We just, we just known each other forever. And then, you know, we kind of just got, when he came, when he moved back to the States, we kind of, you know, I, you know, don't tell him this, but I kind of was like, listen, I like you. I don't know how you <laughs> feel about that. Let me know. But I just wanted to put it out there that I like you. So if you're ready to make a move on that, you let me know. <laughs> and I kind of, I kind of had to get bossy on that one because I was like, you need to know That's awesome. and we need to make a decision. <laughs> That is women in leadership right there. (laughs) Right there. We know what we want. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and tell me a little bit about that journey for you to feel the call to ministry. What did that look like? What was the timeline even in your life? Were you young? Were you already married? 
Yeah. So, you know, it's so funny because I think about that now, you know, like when you go back and how they say hindsight, you know, it's 2020. No, we when don't I use that young, phrase anymore. No, nothing oh. is 2020 unless it's bad, I think. Uh, let's okay. So yeah, well, you're right. You're right. Not this 2020. <laughs> but so when I was younger, actually, like when I was a teenager, I felt a call, but at that time I didn't feel validated for that call. So okay. I kind of felt like, oh, maybe it's just uh, whatever, you know, I felt it, but I kind of ignored it, which so much so that I wanted to go to Bible college out of high school. And I thought, no, like, what am I going to do with that? Like, what's going to be the point? So I didn't. And I just kind of kept on with trying to do my own thing. Um, you know, met my husband and we had gotten married and we were both serving. Um, he was the worship pastor at the church and I was serving with him in the worship team. And then we became the, the youth pastors. So we were serving together in that. But till this point, I was feeling a call to, to ministry as far as like, you know, pastoring, lead pastoring. And he was trying to trying to run away from it. He was like, leave me as the worship pastor. I don't want to have anything to do with that. Like, you know, we, he's a PK and I'm a PK. We know what that was like. So we were like, I felt it. He was not with it. So I didn't bring it up. And I kind of was feeling the nudge and I left it alone. And it's crazy the way that I guess, you know, the Lord kind of meets us exactly how he knows it would work for us, which is different for everyone. And even though I felt it and he didn't feel it, it was funny when my dad was about to retire because we were we were both serving as youth pastors and worship um, in the worship team at my dad's church here in Miami. When he was getting ready to retire, he spoke to us and he mentioned the idea of, listen, I'm about to retire and I really think that you all should you know, be the next ones. And in my mind, and what I told him was kind of like, yeah, whatever. Will's not really for it. So I kind of didn't, I didn't even pay attention, but Will comes to me and he's like, you know, I kind of think we should. And I was like, really? Okay. I mean, I, I jumped on it because I already felt it. I was worried about him. And then at that point he kind of received and kind of felt like, yeah, this is where we need to do. So it kind of happened you know, non-conventionally, like we already had been on a path to ordination in our conference, but there had been a lot of like starts and stops to that because of everything else happening in our lives. Um, and then that kind of just catapulted us into, Oh, this is like really happening. Maybe we should kind of get on this train and really kind of see it through. So that's kind of how it happened for us, which is different, but it was, I think exactly what we needed. Yeah. What does that look like? Oh, what does that look like for you to, to like kind of co-pastor? What, I mean, do you divide the duties? Do you both partake in all of that? Like, what does it look like on a Sunday morning, et cetera? So we, we, this has been a learning process for us, right? We've been, I, I say that as a precursor because it's not like we've got <laughs> it completely figured out. And, um, but we have learned over these last about six years, six and a half years since we've been pastoring and we've learned along the way. And the main thing is, yes, we have to kind of divide um, certain tasks and responsibilities really based on our gifts. Um, I'm more of the administrative type, more of the, we need a plan. (laughs) We've got to know what we're going to do. So I'm kind of the one that takes the lead on that. Like, listen, this is what I'm feeling. This is what do you think about this? And then we kind of bounce it off of each other and come up with a final 
um, plan a final solution. As far as Sunday morning, we kind of break it up where we we schedule out our messages. You know, if we're doing series or what we're doing, and we kind of distribute who's preaching what Sunday. For example, you know, we've been in the middle of a series now. He's done one Sunday, I've done the next, and just like that. Mm-hmm. Some series I will preach the whole series. Sometimes he will preach the whole series, and we kind of go back and forth like that. And we we really just kind of just have learned to have to communicate like, you know, like for example, we're in the middle of a service. We truly believe in allowing the, you know, while we have a plan, we truly believe in letting the Holy spirit kind of make us sensible to whatever is the need in the, in the room that day. So in that case, if let's say it's the middle of worship, you know, he, either he or I will kind of say, Hey, you know, this is what I'm sensing. This is what I'm feeling. How about you? And then we'll decide, you know, how to move forward with that. You know, is that something you're taking the lead on? Is something I'm taking the lead on? And we'll do it that way. You know, like I said, it's still a work in progress. We're still trying to figure out like what's, what is truly the things that you should handle completely and what I should handle completely. But we've been able to manage that way so far where there are some things as far as like, you know, administrative things, board meetings and things like that, that we both do. But there will be other things behind the scenes that I, I handle and others that he handles. That's probably a wise use of your gifts and talents. Just recognizing where your strength is and where his strength is probably makes you a dynamic duo. Um, I'm, I'm curious, though, like what in terms of that, because obviously that's going to have an impact on your marriage um, and just relationships in the way that you interact with one another. What does that look like? What are the, some of the good parts of that? What are some of the negative parts of that let us into this? inner sanctum here <laughs> yeah let's start with the negative right let's, let's, okay that's let's easier good okay. that. the negative <laughs> should, should we preface you... this by talking about your enneagram numbers because i know uh, that you're a one because you and deidre have had this conversation a lot but what is what is your husband's enneagram number so he is a six okay he is a six well we're he's still trying to determine so i've been talking to him about the enneagram forever and i finally got him to understand and this is useful. Mm-hmm. So he's finally kind of going through the process of learning what he is. He is the six, very close, like five and six are like right there. Okay. So he is very much the, you know, he, he likes to wait on things. And I'm like the, let's jump on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> if we, if we know, let's do it. And he's more of the, let's feel it out. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know, it comes in handy sometimes that let's feel it out. But sometimes I'm like, Hello, we've got to like get this moving. So (laughs) I say that, you know, and okay. And then let's add to that, right? Let's add to that Enneagram number. The fact of our, the cultural background does matter, you know, for Dominicans. And, and I maybe, you know, maybe we'll get into that a little bit more, but there has been for a long time, I think there's maybe a shift happening now, but for a long time, it has been very in the Latin culture, very much a man, man rules and man leads and woman, the woman does not. So you add that to the mix where we're both uh, more Americanized. You know, I was born and raised here, but it's still very much a part of our culture. Right. So we've had to learn that's been part of the negative. We've had to learn, Hey, you know, our marriage, um, is different from this, right? Because in the beginning, I think we were carrying both of them like side by side. Mm. Like our what happened in our marriage depended a lot on ha- what happened in church, and a lot and what happened in church depended a lot on what happened on our ma- in our marriage. Yeah. And at first, that was hard for us. I mean, we were like at each other's throat because I've got an idea and you've got an idea, 
But now that I'm upset that the idea didn't happen, now I'm upset at home. So we had to both learn how to kind of like navigate that. And I think the Lord had to mature us to know that at the end of the day, our first ministry is our family, right? Our marriage is more important than it's the Lord's work. Yes. But our marriage is more important to the Lord than the work that we do, right? Than whatever happens at the church. And we had to learn to make that a priority. So we had to learn, okay, you got upset at this, go take a breather, get over it and come back. And we have, and we're, and we're good. And that was yeah. hard for us at first. And I think maybe like in the last year, we've gotten better at that, if I'm being honest, has been where we've had more understanding and less um, less arguing about the church. And so, you know, whatever happens, we kind of moved on with that. And we're, this is what's happening now. So we've had to learn to navigate that. That's been hard because you, you take it home without wanting to. You sure. know, we're having these conversations. I had to say, babe, I want us to talk right now and I don't want to have anything to do with church. Don't mention church to me. Don't mention what happened. Let's just talk about us. Let's talk about the kids. Let's talk about whatever, but don't talk about church. Let's just enjoy this moment. And we had to do that where now we just, we section it and we say today we're not talking about church. And, you know, we had to compartmentalize. My brain works that way. I need to know (laughs) when it's church time, when it's marriage time, when it's kids time. And that has helped us to say, you know what, we'll worry about that later. Because right now we're worried about this. And that's something we've we've had to kind of like grow with. A good part of it, though, is that we know each other. You know, this is my my partner in everything else in life. And we understand each other. So even in ministry, it's good to see how the Lord when we're when we are focusing on the right things, when we're taking time to pray intentionally and and kind of work and communicate, it's good to see how the Lord will kind of bounce things off. Or we'll have conversations of what the Lord is speaking to me, and we'll, and I'll see how the Lord is speaking to Him and how it coincides. And it's like, wow, God, you are just so perfect in everything that you do. Yeah. But it allows us to be that perfect helper for one another and support that the other person needs. Um, whether it's in ministry things, whether it's in um, just what the Lord is calling us, calling us each to individually, yeah. that has been some of the good stuff. I, I, we don't feel, you know, ministry is hard already. And then add to it, the you feeling like you're alone in it. That's extra. So we, we get to have each other, yeah. Um, yeah. which could be good, could be bad, but thankfully it's mostly good where we get to be that support for one another. I understand him. Like we say all the time, there's days when he wants to throw in the towel or he's upset and I have to bring him down off the ledge. And there's uh-huh. times when it's me and he brings me off the, he brings me down from the ledge. So we have that. We get to do that for one another. I think uh, prioritizing relationship is really good there. Like you said, first and foremost, you want to honor God with your marriage and then what you do for God and how it relates in your ministry gifts in the church uh, has to flow out of that. If you get it the other way around, I think a lot of times we forget where that relationship is number one, even with the Lord, you know, like for us ones, at least, I don't know how sixes approach things, but we're very task oriented. So if we have something that we feel God's calling us to do, it's, super important because we're envisioned with it and we're going to change the earth and we're going to reform our community and people's lives are going to be changed. And we're on our soapbox preaching it. And when, when that, it's almost like we can get tunnel vision on that, you know, and I grew up in a pastor's home as well and had spent years in ministry, also worship youth leaders, all of that, you know, and I know that it's really easy to get really focused on this what is happening inside the four walls of this church are the only thing that matter because it consumes your life. And 
if you don't keep it in perspective that it's not just a job. I don't even mean to say it like that, but it is just one of the ways that we build a kingdom. It's like the, like the, it's the ground that, that lets how we build the kingdom, you know, be flourished through from all of these people, like from this space and what happens here while it's important, it's supposed to go out and touch all these other aspects and the way that it's, um, express to our children in our home is so important for that to torch to carry to the next generation. The way that we keep it in balance, uh, as though serving the Lord and doing those tasks for him is not all that he's worried about. I think that's just really important. So it sounds like you found a good balance to say, we're going to, we're going to prioritize the relationship. And in so doing you, you're prioritizing the relationship with the Lord too, because all of these other things flow out of our love for him and our want to serve, you know, him. So, yeah. And I'm constantly, you know, and, and it's a battle of constantly having to put yourself in check yeah. because you will forget and kind of get back into the rhythm of I'm just on a wheel, a hamster wheel, of getting mm-hmm. tasks done and doing things and forget that it's relationship. You know, my husband says something all the time, you know, to the church, because I think for a long time, the church has been um, m- the church has been mistaught on the role of a pastor and the expectations that they have on the pastor. And something my husband always says is I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a son. I'm a friend. I'm all of those things before I'm a pastor. You know, this is just a part of what I do. It's not necessarily who I am. And, and that I think helps give like some perspective, you know, I'm not waiting on your phone call. I mean, it sounds bad. I know, I know Mm -hmm. there's going to be all kinds of criticism about this, but I'm not just sitting next to my phone waiting for my, for your phone call for me to have to drop my family to go handle something that you need, you know, but instead I, I have gifts. Yes. I support. Yes. I'm here, but my children need me as well. You know, my wife needs me as well, or in my case, my husband needs me as well. So I, I have to, I have to balance that and I have to prioritize and you've got to be okay with that because the Lord has called me, but the same spirit that's in me is in you. So can you handle that on your own? Do you necessarily need the pastor to handle it? Most of the time, the answer is no. So you have to, we have to teach people that as well. That has been part of what we've done as pastors is we've got to let people know the pastor is not the only person that could make house visits. You know, the pastor is not the only one that can pray. You know, we, we are the body and we all have gifts and we all have talents and we all got to use them. You know, we all got to use them to serve one another. Mm -hmm. So it's important that we understand that. How has that changed in you, in your personal journey? What is how has this molded the person that you're becoming now versus how you went into all of this? Well, you know, I kind of went into it kind of like they say, what is it uh, in Spanish is they're saying, you know, you can't take the horse um, when he's too thirsty to the water. I don't know if that's how you say it in Spanish. I'm not going to say it in Spanish, but it's something similar. I can't think of it in English right now, but like you can I lead them to water, but you can't make them drink. I think something along that. Well, yeah. no, it's more like don't take them when they're too thirsty. Cause they're going to just jump in and like uh, drown. Right. So it's like, I think I went into ministry like that. I'm so anxious. Like you said, I've got a task and I was so tunnel vision. Like we've got to do this and we've got to do that. And, and, and I was just so focused on that, that I think it was making me, I wasn't enjoying it. Um, it was, it was, it was becoming more overwhelming than it should have been. And, you know, I think that's what made, that's what was hard for my husband and I in the beginning, because we were both so zealous and so anxious to get it done that we were like on edge with one another when things didn't happen, you know, and we had to learn. So having that conversation with our congregation kind of also keeps them accountable, but keeps us accountable. So we've, I've been able to now 
get a better rhythm going because we realize that there's no such, I don't believe there's a such thing as a perfect balance. There's never going to be a perfect balance between the different things that you need to do, but you could have better rhythms. You know, if you have a rhythm of when you seek the Lord, have a rhythm of when you understand it's time for you to rest, when it's time for you to lay off of something and back off, when it's time for you to go into this, you know, if you have those rhythms that you just embed into your life and into your, you know, into your day to day, you can let, you can, it, it gives you more strength for the long haul versus waiting until you're overly tired. And now I need to take a break versus, right. Hey, I've just got this rhythm. So we've just had to make it where there are certain days of the week that I'm not going to compromise for, for us to have a meeting just because it needs to happen or have to get up and do something because I want my kids to know that they're important. You know, yeah. church is more important than them. And although I love the church and I lo- although I love the people and it's the Lord's work, the members of the church are not more important than my children and they shouldn't be. So I've got to let my kids know that sometimes our plans will be ruined because there's something else that needs, that needs attention, but it's not the norm that I undercut your time for other people, you know? So it's, it's helped me. I think again, in the, we're still in progress, but it's helped me to be a better mom and be a better wife to understand, like there's a time for everything. And there's a time to do the work of the Lord. And there's a time when the work of the Lord is me being a good wife. When the work of the Lord is me being a good mom, is me being present for them and present for myself. I've, I've, that's been one of the things that's never been the best for me. I've never been that great at self-care. And I've had to learn that now because I realize I cannot operate well when I'm not well, (laughs) Uh, you know, if I'm not okay, I can't, you know, I can't do this. So having to learn to take time for me, like, um, I think like last time we spoke, I kind of mentioned, I binged a a series on Netflix and I felt so proud of myself because (laughs) I had never done something like that. So having to learn to give myself room for things, I think helps you be a better person, helps you be a better leader because it also clarifies your expectations as ones. Our expectation is that everyone is always on and everyone's always fixing things and everyone's always seeing what needs fixing. And hey, it's helping hey, to wait a minute. Back. You're stepping on my toes there. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> well, you understand me, right? If anyone gets me, it is you. And it, it's, I've had to learn to, take a break because guess what? Other people need breaks too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's kind of helped me maybe like level the playing field a little bit for me and, and other people. I grew grew up with a dad who said, everybody's moving, nobody's standing still. So that might've been extra drilled in to my oneness. (laughs) Listen, me too. My dad was like, there are no breaks. We woke up early on Saturdays to do work. Oh my God. It was, it was, that was my life. So I get you as the four in the room, I cannot relate. And I'd say that um, I'm an expert at taking breaks and I can help you guys out on that. But um, I like that you were talking about prioritizing. I saw, I don't know if you guys have seen this. It was been going around Facebook the last few weeks. Um, An author was asked about how she prioritizes her writing life versus her family life. And she talked about, she made this analogy about there's these glass balls floating in the air and these plastic ones for your family, for work, for relationships, for, you know, all these different parts of your life. There's plastic balls and there's glass balls. And if you let a plastic one drop, it bounces. But if you let a glass one drop, it shatters. And so it's not that one area necessarily always is prioritized over something else. Like, so there's sometimes when your ministry does come before your kids, when there's an emergency or, you know, um, that kind of thing, that's knowing which ones are glass and which ones are plastic. And I thought that was just a really freeing analogy Mm -hmm. too, because I think there is a lot of pressure, especially on working moms, whether you're in ministry or not, 
or women in general to say, you know, you need this, 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 and this, and here's the priority list. And that doesn't always fit up with either what God's put in your life or what's actually happening in the world around you or in your situation. And so I think just knowing that for yourself to recognize the difference, that's the important thing. The essentials and the other things that can still be balanced with it, but you could let them drop and the world won't end. That's right. I think I put everything at equal weights there. And I, it was maturity that started saying, no, these are the things that cannot fall. Unfortunately, exercise hasn't made it into one of those glass bubbles yet. And I think that it's going to need to soon. Eh, that's overrated, right? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I know. Just so I just told my husband, I, I'm realizing that I am getting older because I don't have the energy that I had before, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, and I know that science says if we exercise, we'll feel better. But I'm like you, I'm still working on I making I that priority. Debunk that myth. <laughs> <laughs> I do not leave the gym energized. I'm like, I need a nap. <laughs> Quit. Clearly, we are the three people to ask about anything healthy because the weekend that we met you, Marianne, we not only introduced you to low-carb ice cream, but we ate it alongside a 20-pack of chicken nuggets and a basket of fries from McDonald's. So See, we but have priorities, balance. priorities. We ate the low-cal ice cream so we could have the yeah. french fries. Right, right. I don't see a problem with this. I'm pretty sure you, you had been in Jerry's. <laughs> Ever since then, I have been buying Halo ice cream, okay? I thought that was the best thing in my life that I can find an ice cream that I won't feel so guilty about. But let me tell you that ever since I bought them, I've been like, how did I eat a whole one of these just that night? I have not been able to eat a whole pint of those things. And I'm like, I sat there. I was like, I ate the whole thing and I ate fries. I'm like, yo, that was bad. Okay. I have a pro tip for you. Do you have all these down there? All these, yeah. Yeah, okay. They have a keto version that's basically kind of like Halo. It's like half the price, and it's actually really good. The peanut butter fudge one, superb. It's really good. Peanut butter fudge. Okay, I'm going to I mean, obviously, we're not looking for endorsements from either of these companies here, but... And the yeah. reason you ate a whole one that night is because we'd been having all of our food portioned out for us because we were at that conference <laughs> and we, it wasn't, we couldn't even get our own like helpings of it. Cause it was like when COVID hit the world and everything was being boxed up and packaged out. And I mean, if you don't give me enough was salad, there. they didn't give me enough salad. I had to make it up somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. We were starving. <laughs> and I remember, I remember that I was like, I remember that I felt so awkward because, I mean, I don't know if we said this, but let's just be clear. We had a wonderful night that night, but I had just met them. (laughs) And I said, hey, so can I hitch a ride with you (laughs) to get some food? And we went to the store, went to the grocery store. We bought the ice cream. And of course, me, you know, the the wonderful, healthy person that I am, I said, guys, there's McDonald's there. Can we please go and get some fries? (laughs) And everyone acted like they didn't want McDonald's, but we did buy (laughs) baskets of fries and we bought chicken nuggets and we all downed that along with Doritos. Okay? Oh, we, we it ate it all. <laughs> and what was great about it is that it really was, it was that weekend in March uh, when everything was shutting down and we couldn't even be in the same room as all the rest of the conference attendees. And yet the five yeah. of us, we, we had never even met two of you before. We were like licking of, our fingers. I mean, sharing <laughs> fry baskets. And you know what? None of us got sick. Like it, it worked out. There you go. There you go. 
There you All go. Right, I'm going to no turn, turn the spiritual for one last <laughs> nugget. Right. Nugget. Do you see what I did there? <laughs> okay. Clever. Um, <laughs> we're going to end on this note. If you had like something, let's say you're talking to a young woman, maybe they're not even talking about women in ministry. Like Megan said, all of us are struggling that family yeah. work life balance and ministry because we're probably doing something in our churches, schools, you know, communities. Um, what is, yeah. what's something you would say, hold on to this or do this? I know you already mentioned the rhythms, but is there like a life verse or a sermon that you heard one time that just comes back to you in those seasons where you're trying to balance life better? Well, you know, my favorite verse, it sounds cliche, but I promise that it's been my favorite verse from before all this wonderful art came out with the verse. My favorite verse is Psalm 46, 10, and it says, be still and know that I am God. Right. That's the part that everybody knows. Be still and know that I am God. But mm-hmm. it continues to say, I will be exalted above the nations. I will be exalted over all the earth. And that the reason why that's my favorite verse is because it's the verse that I need. Again, as a, as a one, I'm always trying to fix everything and fix the world yeah. and fix myself. And I'm constantly having to be reminded that no matter how, how great I am, no matter how smart I think I am, no matter how much I think I know, there is a God that is greater than me, right? Whose thoughts are higher than my thoughts, whose ways are higher than my ways, a God that truly is above the earth, above the nations, a God that handles things. And if he's telling me that he can be, that I need to be still and I can know that he's got it. Like that's enough for me. So it's a verse that I constantly have to remind myself. And like I said, it, it, it may sound cliche because everyone's saying it, but I don't know if we stop sometimes and think about what the verses mean. Like God is saying, listen, you don't have to figure it out. Like everyone could be against you. Things could be going wrong. Things can be, you know, the odds could be stacked, stacked against you. You could have messed this up, you know, and, and, as a one, I I'm always feeling guilty about if I did something wrong or or messed something up or I said it the wrong way. And God's always having to remind me, like, be still, like know that I'm God and and I've got this handled. So I think I would say to any woman is we we don't have anyone to please, but the Lord. And I know that's easier said than done. And I know that, that the world is confusing us. The world is making us believe that it's all about getting out there and getting likes and, and, and being liked by people. But if we could just focus on what the Lord is saying to us and what he's calling us to do. And although people matter, you know, our lives are open books and, you know, reputation, all those, I'm not saying they're not important. What I'm saying is we're not living for them. We're living for the Lord. And if, and, and all we have to do is be still and let God be God in our lives. And I think we would save ourselves so much heartache if we just remind ourselves that the Lord's got this, you know, I was, uh, I was preaching on Sunday and I was sharing that one of my constant battles is having to remind myself that whatever I'm doing, whether it's preaching or something else, I'm doing it for the glory of the Lord, not for someone else, because I could feel bad for the times that, you know, my personality is strong and I'm very much a, uh, a leader. I'm very much um, opinionated and I'm very much going to say something like the way that I'm thinking it. Um, and I know that sometimes that doesn't always sit well with everyone and it could come off, it could come across the wrong way and someone might be offended and someone might feel bad. And that might make me feel like I should tone down who I am and, and stop being who I am. And I'm having to remind myself that the Lord created me while he's maturing me and he does have to work on things in me. And I do got to become more and more like him. 
I don't need to um, apologize for who I am, right? Nobody needs to apologize for who they are. I'm not saying that's an excuse for us to continue to do things we shouldn't be doing that aren't pleasing to the Lord, but we shouldn't apologize for who we are. God created us as we are, and he can use that very thing to bring glory to his name. So my outspokenness is what the Lord uses to be able to speak about the truth of what the word says and, and, you know, come against whatever lies the enemy wants to bring because he does to all of us. And, and I have to like uphold that. So I know that's a long answer, but really it's just trust the Lord and, 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 you know, make him your priority, make him your focus, you know, so that you're not being swayed by everyone else's opinion. Yeah. I wish I could go back and make my 20 year old self believe that I'm sure I heard a sermon on it, but I, it's not until I got into my forties that I started really understanding it. Um, that's really good truth. I hope someone today needed to hear that and takes hold of that and really grabs hold of that truth because it is a game changer when we put him in his rightful place in our lives and our relationships, even in our work or ministry. Um, if he's not where he belongs and God's not on the throne there and we're, we're just doing a lot of striving in vain, a lot of searching in vain. That's good. Marianne, thank you so much for being with us. It was just a pleasure to talk to you again. Thank you for having me. It's always fun, ladies. Thank you. And that wraps up another episode of the Dauntless Grace Exchange. You can follow us on social media to stay connected. We are on Instagram at Dauntless Grace Ministries. Our Facebook page is Dauntless Grace. And you can join the conversation in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash team DGM. For more about the Enneagram, visit our website at dauntlessgrace.org for coaching and training opportunities. And you can follow me on Instagram at Enneagram Megan. And be sure to check out our website for more information about today's podcast at dauntlessgrace.org.